Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. As Fisher, president of the Black Effect Podcast Network. Today we have Debbie Brown, host of Dropping Gems Podcast. We're speaking with Michelle Williams, host of Checking In Podcast, and the God himself, Charlemagne. How's everyone doing? Bless Black and Holly Faber. Wonderful. Ditto. I echo Leonard. <laughs> oh, good. Namaste. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, today's conversation is about mental health. So we're going to jump right in. Um, and this is for all of you, whoever would like to go first, go up, go for it. Um, how would you all describe mental health? Michelle, well, maybe you can go first. I would describe it as in the same sentence of physical health. It's all of us. All of us have a mental health, just like we all have physical health, cardio health, reproductive health, just the health of your, of your mental mind, body, heart, soul. Mm-hmm. Debbie, would you like to add to that? That was so beautiful. I feel I feel so aligned with that. You know, I think when I think of my mental health, I think the way I think the ways I'm able to support myself for this experience. Like I think of my mental health as not just my birthright to have vibrant, um, healthy systems happening for me, but also as like the way that I'm better able to share myself and my gifts with the world. When I'm able to support myself mentally, it creates a freedom through my whole body for everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Michelle and Dev, you know, mental health is everything. I don't think there's anything else I would be able to do if I wasn't healthy mentally. Like I just literally finished working out. I had to set my mind to do that, to get in, you know, the right frame of mind to focus and, and, and do that for an hour. Even sitting here right now, I had to take a few deep breaths and woosah before I get in the right frame of mind to even have this conversation. So I just, I, I, mental health is everything. Yeah. Well, to stick with you for a second, Char, someone who's a big advocate for mental health and wellness, why do you feel like mental health and wellness is so important for the Black community right now? For all the same reasons that I literally just said because it's a it's the ultimate support system it's the foundation like if we don't have you know that to stand on we don't have anything and and i'm you know of course i'm looking back on life and i'm looking back at you know my 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 parental structure like my father and you know looking at my uncles and aunts and just friends and family that i knew growing up i mean a lot of the things that a lot of the 
traumas that they brought upon themselves was simply because they just weren't mentally healthy. And I don't judge them for that. I just don't think they had, you know, the tools and the resources to heal the way that we do. Like I always say, I feel like we're the first generation that have the luxury to, to heal. They, they didn't necessarily have that. So for me, it's like, we have to be mentally healthy before we're anything else, before we're emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, physically healthy. To me, it starts with the mental. Yeah, I totally agree. Masha, I want to bump to you for a second. What was your catalyst for speaking about mental health more widely in your podcast, checking in on the Black Effect Podcast Network, Hug the Shame? <laughs> a shameless plug. Let's start. Uh, hey, I'm not y'all. Let's do this one I like that. <laughs> Plugless shame. I knew what you said. I was with you. I was like, plugless shame. Plugless shame. I'm with you. Guys, you coming. Michelle, what was your catalyst for speaking about mental health more widely on your podcast, checking in on the Black Effect Podcast Network? Uh, where did you even get the idea from just to do this podcast? Whew. Well, the, first of all, the, the catalyst of speaking about my personal mental health journey was totally accidental from way back in 2013. But fast forward um, to what, 2020, um, about even the thought of a podcast, I almost didn't do it because I felt like there are so many voices out there. What what does my what can my voice add? What 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 difference? What anything? Is there anything different that I am going to be able to say? So when you talk about something that I'm already passionate about as far as mental health, I said, there it is. And that is what I want the foundation of the podcast to be about. But in 2013, I'll never forget when I first um, talked about um, everything with my mental health journey on a nationwide television show, a morning show. A man pulled me to the side and said, thank you for sharing. And he had tears in his eyes. And from that moment, I said, for a man to do that, because mm-hmm. men, uh, uh, unless we don't um, shine the light on men who can articulate and say what they feel and have emotion. From that moment on, I said, never, ever be ashamed to um, talk about the topic of mental health and mental illness. I had to say both because those two statements are used interchangeably and it grinds my gears. <laughs> mental health and mental illness, two different things. Well, do you, can you give us some more insight on, uh, you know, the difference between mental health and, and mental illness? Well, mental illness is a diagnosis um, of something going on with one's mental health. Just like if I have a diagnosis of, of fibroids, that is a diagnosis of something going on with my reproductive health. So that's how I would just say it. I'm not a practitioner, but just from my aing and being of everything, you know, because I'll see posts and people are like, yo, mental health is real. I, and I was like, no, I think you meant to say mental illness is real because when you say mental health is real, it scares people. We all have mental health. Like I said, we all have. Um, cardiovascular health. If you have a heart, that's part of your cardiovascular system. <laughs> you know, if you have emotions, if you have nervousness or anything, anxiousness, that's part of mental health. Thank you for that clarity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Char, y'all can pay me later. Um, y'all can, um, I take all insurance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be booking a session. Don't worry. We got you. Yes. Uh, Debbie and Char, would you like to add to that? Are you you're okay? I think Deb can add to that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, 
there was a there was definitely a piece um and something that Shar was expressing um that I felt I felt really connected to. You know, when we think about why we deserve mental health, specifically in black and brown communities and in black and brown bodies, I think it is paramount that we really set the context for the fact that it has never been allowed mm. in human history. You know, but sit with that, like human history, not like our generation, the generation before us. Like, imagine the depths of release that we are bringing forward for the first time that's ever been. And so, that's some of why I think for some, this idea of changing our lives or even investing in our mental health, it does seem terrifying. It seems mm-hmm. scary sometimes. It seems exciting, but sometimes it also feels like, how do I even attempt this mountain? And so for that, I just want to share with everyone, like gentleness and the process is such a big part of how we support our mental health. Just being able to be with self and be curious about the barriers we have mm-hmm. to our mental health is such a significant part of the journey that can't be overlooked because so much of the work is just dismantling our barriers to ourselves so we can access that that inner gold that is inside of us. So, you know, it's just, it's so important as we, as we continue to expand on these conversations within mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, it's like, you know, before we get too caught up in why it's so hard, or even sometimes some of the connections of the traumas and the burdens that our families have placed on us, you know, we are, to Shar's point, the first of our kind. But also, it's not just us saying like, oh, I need to take better care of my stress. This is thousands of years of compacted trauma. This is hundreds of years of American trauma placed on so many of us, of colonial trauma, you know? And so the gentleness with self and the curiosity of self are such beautiful companions for a mental health journey. Wow. Thank you. I really feel like you're, you're really an expert in this space, Debbie. I really do. And I really feel like you really help people strategically find or just help to achieve some kind of inner peace with your podcast, Dropping Gems, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I would will, I will like to touch more about that. Can you tell us a bit about your journey through mental health and, and uh, you know, creating Dropping Gems podcast and, and having landed this partnership with iHeart and the Black Effect? Give yeah. me your credentials, Deb. Write <laughs> your titles down, Deb. Well, I, I, I come from a broadcasting background um, and currently I'm the chief impact officer at Chopra Global. And so we have just a phenomenal spiritual education program, um, so much work around mindfulness, exploration of ancient techniques. And so, you know, I found personally really around 10 years ago, the trajectory of my life changed. I was addicted to hustle culture. I was somebody that was like bouncing from gig to gig talking about things that didn't interest me. And I ended up getting shingles, which is something that, you know, people typically get in their 70s, their 80s. And I was in like my early mid 20s. And my doctor was just like, you are really stressed out. I'm like, but what do you mean? I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, you know, and so that that's when I did a first big deep dive into, I'm someone that had been going to therapy for a really long time. I actually started therapy in my teens. Um, but when I got into the space of like early adulthood, it just really sat with me that this is not, I want to feel more. Whatever society is telling me is enough, this doesn't feel enough or supportive. Like my life has to be more substantial than just crafting perceptions about who I am to other people or getting, you know, getting people to know I exist. And 
Um, actually, I had this experience when I was doing a radio show where I had, int- I had um, interviewed Kendrick. And we had had many interviews, but this is around, I think right around 2013, our interview ended up turning into a conversation about his depression. And I remember my boss at the time said, you can't air this on the radio. Nobody cares. You need to ask him about like, you know, celeb groupie stories or ask about, you know, who has beef or who he was in the studio with. And I remember in that moment, I like kind of took the content and I pirated it and put it online. And we ended up getting so many letters from people saying this was the first time they heard anyone talk about depression or about suicide ideation. And I remember after that, um, like an editor at Vogue magazine reached out to me and said, this is the best interview I've ever seen. Can we use you as a source? And it was that moment that I said, I have to create the space to have the conversations that matter to me, even if it doesn't make sense yet, even if no one else is connected to it. Like, these are the conversations people need to know about. And so long-winded way of eventually saying, I'm really grateful to be a part of the iHeart and the Black Effect Network. Started my podcast, Dropping Gems, because I wanted to have conversations about higher consciousness. I want to dive into the crevices of all the things that make us us. Thank that you. Fact, that was like, I'm out. She, like, <laughs> she left with the trenches, the trenches of hip-hop radio. She was like, I'm out. I remember that. She was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to... I can't. I need to have conversations that are actually empowering people and lifting people up. I and I was like, wow. It was killing me. Like I would go to work and I would cry in the car before I started my shift. You know, not not like a big poor me boohoo, yeah. but I just like God. Like I feel like I'm hurting people by acting like I care about things that I consider harmful. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it proves and shows how when living in your authenticity. You're always guided to where exactly you're supposed to be, which is how you ended up with the partnership here at iHeart. So, yeah. And giving out, you know, the gems that you want to really give the world. So it's much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, Michelle, back to you for a second. I would love to know what has been your biggest surprise so far with some of the conversations you've had on the podcast. Biggest surprise is that I definitely love talking about everyone's success and what they've got going on and what they're currently promoting. But like I said, the foundation of checking in is about mental health and finding that everyone that I have talked to has dealt with something. If you want to call it prolonged sadness, Mm -hmm. anxiety, not feeling your best or not feeling good enough. And it's going to help the listener know like wow they can do it but it takes us a a different kind of person to maybe be able to to push past it and garner a certain level of success and it's to encourage people no you can push past it I know it sounds cliche and something easier said than done it is a daily thing healing is daily now, if it was a miracle, a miracle is something we know to be something that happens in an instant. Oh, miracle. But healing is always going to be daily. Sometimes it's going to take months or years. But I hope to encourage the listener to continuously choose healing daily. You have to choose it. I promise y'all not too long ago, maybe a couple days ago, I had to keep telling myself, you know, it's a choice to be angry, to stay angry. And 
Now, is anger like a normal human response and emotion to have to something that somebody said, did, whatever, whatever, you're going to be angry. Okay, five minutes, let yourself be angry, depending on the situation. But like two and three and four days, I was like, all right, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So it's to empower the listener of letting them know you choose daily to heal. Choose it daily. Ooh. Choose healing daily. Yeah. And I, I know for a fact, we all, like you said, we all have been through something and we all have something to heal and work through without a fact, without a, a doubt. Shar, given that, um, what are some daily habits uh, do you think that we, you, me, anyone can take today if we decided to, to improve our mental health and wellness, whether, whether it's personally or professionally? And are there any boundaries you think that should be set when trying to accomplish such? Absolutely. 2022 that was that's what it was all about for me boundaries like literally you know um being very cognizant of who my energy goes up around who my energy goes down around what makes my energy go up what makes my energy go down things that make my energy go down i really don't want any parts of it um very hard to do in the business that we're in sometimes things are just always on a very very low frequency so when that happens i just disconnect you know and uh, you know a couple of years ago and we, we was all in Mexico and I, you know, picking up, picking up meditation, you know, and, 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 and Cabo with Deb. What, what was the woman's name, Deb? Um, I had a few different, different healers that came out, but we did a whole program where every morning we started our day with Kundalini yoga and we did a meditation and we did a meditation on the ocean, um, mantras, different ceremonies. And that, yeah. I got my sacred beads and I, I, I do my mantra. I do it every morning. And whenever I just, you know, need a break that like that, that five, 10 minutes, literally that five, 10 minutes of just doing that, it feels like a reset every, every single time. So for me, whenever that low vibration starts to take over and I feel myself being a little bit more irritated than usual, I just, I literally just go disconnect and take that time to myself. And Speaking that's of I irritated. Learn. That post you posted today, like, I think I was just born irritated because I, I, God is still working on me. <laughs> it's the truth, though. It's like I, every day somebody, I just feel it. I'm like, and it's usually the usual suspects, though. That's the, that's the other, that's the other crazy part. Do you think it's a test? Like, mm-hmm. I haven't figured out what that test is yet, but I'm asking God, every <laughs> day, hey, what is this test? Why? What am I still let me shut up while I say it too much. Okay. Amen. Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite. And together, you know how we do. We create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Dad, I would like to, for you to jump in on that. I know when you said, you, you know, the, the um, different experiences you had set up in Cabo for inner, inner healing and inner peace. If there's one thing that you could tell the world or one thing that you would suggest a person to start mm-hmm. to begin the process of finding inner peace, what is that one thing that you would guide them to? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so many things, but if I were to say one thing, I would say, um, create more space in your day where you're not being stimulated. For some people, the idea of jumping directly into meditation um, may feel challenging. Even feeling safe enough to close your eyes in your own home sometimes is a very real barrier. But if you can find multiple small, little tiny moments a day to just not be stimulated and practice the way you relate to the present moment. You know, I I don't think we should start our practice with that kind of um, January 1st, I bought all this workout equipment and I got my membership and now I'm going to do it. And then you don't do it because it's too big. So start by finding moments, small moments throughout your day that you just say, for instance, I could walk outside right now, ground my feet in the grass, take off maybe my shoes if there's grass available, plant your feet, close your eyes. And for just 30 seconds to two minutes, Notice how, how does it feel to see the sunshine through my eyelids, that orange glow that happens? Mm. How does it feel to notice that now I can pay more attention to the smells that are present? What's the temperature of that on my body? How does it feel as it enters my nose? Um, noticing what are the sounds that are available? I hear crickets. I hear bugs. I hear water. I hear people being loud in the street, you know, just being present with what is as the baseline can be a really beautiful way to just start that heart expansion, start creating the space to add more to your practice. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Listening to you just now, I felt like I was listening to a meditation, a guided meditation. (laughs) Well, I do do those. I do daily meditation on the Chopra app. So anybody that would like to, to meditate every day with me. Awesome, awesome. I, I, I do want to go back to one thing about the irritated sure. thing, right? All of that is my fault. And the reason it's my fault is because, you know, I haven't set boundaries with certain people. So they always overstep those boundaries. And being that I haven't set the boundary with them, um, you, you start to resent people and be mad at people mm-hmm. for things that they don't even know that they're doing. And that's my fault because I haven't given them, I haven't told them the boundary that they're over, over, overstepping. So I haven't even given them the opportunity to, to, to change it. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. then as far as, and then, you know, social media, them, they always overstepping boundaries, but it's not, you, we choose to go on there. Right. So sometimes those people you talking about are those days 
you're talking about is just a bunch of those people on social media that you don't never know that you'll never know, but we choose to be on there. So what are you, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Well, that, that's perfect that you bring that up because it, it, it leads me to my next question for Michelle. How should we approach the mental health conversation with family members, whether it's a friend or a colleague when struggling, even if it, it's something that intertwines with a, with a friendship and being irritated by a friend as often as Shar is? I'm glad it's not. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I think I, I, I'm learning this. I also believe you will be tested in areas that you teach champion campaign for mm. oh so you want to talk about your heart has been healed huh Ooh. <laughs> oh, really or you want to talk about boundaries shout out to Love i me. promise y'all i it made me look at text messages to a family member about boundaries i said your therapist would not disagree with me having boundaries. They would tell you, I'm not being dismissive at all. Because the person that you set boundaries with will play victim. Oh, you're being dismissive, even abusive. No, I am just saying, I cannot deal with this level. I, I try to curate a life, a life of peace. I don't care if it's family or friends, I have to set a boundary. A boundary could be simple as you raise your voice at me when we're trying to have a civil conversation. Done. We can talk about these hard things. And I understand. Black folks, we, we get a little lit and passionate. We're, and we raise, we're very And we raise our voice. But I can, there's a difference between that when there's, when uh, they say uh, where there's a tone, there's a stone. You're, you're, you're uh, having attitude with me and that raising of your voice now was starting to sound vicious. I can feel it versus, oh my gosh, the Falcons won. There's a difference. And it's also, it's hard to, um, and you also have to set boundaries with people when you're trying to restore a relationship. I say that because it's hard to restore a relationship with anyone who still resents you for the change that you made in your life. So let them get it out. Let them do what they got to do. But boundaries, I promise you, just yesterday, I'm so, see, it's like we have these conversations and I, people have to know too that we, we go through some of these same things too, but our responses should be different because we have the resources. And if I'm going to champion mental health, I also, I always I know that I, I'm going to be tested in this area to see, you know, how these thousands of dollars of therapy and retreats have been working. That's right. You know, it's so, oh, go ahead, you know, and, and lastly about boundaries, the saying that says the only people that get upset about you having boundaries are those who benefited from not, from you not setting them in the first place. That's right. Charlemagne, I'm sorry. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, do we even, um, does it benefit us to even tell people we're setting up boundaries? Cause I, I, I try to do that cause of what people like, you know, Nadra, Nadra Tawab says, and I literally had somebody hit me the other day when I, when, cause I hadn't been speaking to them. And, and I told them like, you know, they asked me why. And I was like, you know, I got my boundaries, you know, I'm setting boundaries, you know, certain things I'm just not dealing with in 2022. And the response was, well, you stay in your little boundary then. It's like, I wish I ain't even told them. Mother. I wish I ain't even told them. Mother. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I, I was better off just 
not letting them even know the boundary was up and just not replying to them. So I wanted to yeah. benefit yeah. us and say something to them. Adjustments don't have to be announced. Yeah. Just make your adjustment. Then yeah. I, I so agree with that. Like adjustments don't have to be announced. And I think also, you know, it's so true that, you know, the people that have issues with our boundaries are the ones that benefited from us not having them, but they're also people that don't know how to have any for themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So the people that go against our boundaries are also people that are very emotionally dysregulated, that are deep in their trauma and their wounds. They don't have the language. They don't have the observation of self. And so a lot of us adopted certain coping mechanisms because our needs weren't met as children. And some of what we experience as people like really pressing up against us, it's oftentimes something they may have learned in childhood because it was the only way to get their needs met in whatever their circumstance was. And so even as we set boundaries, we can be so firm in them and completely unyielding in them, but we can also have compassion that this is a language that person doesn't speak. And we know what it took for us to have the freedom to say no, or to not take this path of martyrdom or kind of like become a people pleaser. And we know how much work it is for us to do that. And it's equally as much work for another person to hear and receive it. Um, and, but then where we get to come into choice is that we don't have to negotiate our boundaries. We don't have to compromise. And we also don't have to like overly explain them. It, it's for us. And so we also have to be ready for what comes with setting a boundary, which could be the restructuring of a relationship or the complete loss of it. Either way, it's fine, right? Because we're choosing ourselves first. We're choosing from our highest self, from our healed self, what is the best choice. And even the best choice can feel sad and disappointing for people on the other side of it. But that's okay, too. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. Our resident professional. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Whether you're dealing with uh, someone overstepping their boundaries into your world or you possibly overstepping into someone else's, or you just dealing with some issues when it comes to mental health and wellness, when is it a good time to identify and know like this is the time to actually seek help? (sighs) Such a personal question for all of us, but I think the second the question enters your mind, it's it's really important for everyone to know there is no expectation that you know how to navigate your mental health on your own or your emotional health or your spiritual health. None of this was role modeled for the majority of us. So we are attempting this for the first time, which means open to being a beginner. Study, you know, seek out questions. When you have one question, write it down. See where that question leads you. It may lead you to 10 more, which then leads you on different Google searches, which then helps you find practitioners in your area or processes that you can have. But I think it's imperative that when we are looking to change our lives, when we are looking to heal something inside of ourselves, it is absolutely imperative that we wear the hat of curiosity as we do that. Not judgment, not I'm just trying to get all of this fixed and all of this together, but like put on that hat of curiosity and say, what do I deserve? What can I use to fill this space? What are some things I'd like to know more about? Depending on our family structures or whatever cultural connections we made in our younger lives, there's a lot of family enmeshments. There's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of belief systems that have been thrust upon us. And every time we get to challenge those we get to find out who we really are. We keep them, some that feel good. We let off what doesn't. But the whole point of 
any tools that you find for yourself is that you attune them to your authentic voice and your authentic experience. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deb. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you, De- Debbie Brown, for being a part of this. Thank you to Michelle Williams and thank you to the God, Charlemagne, for uh, um, also speaking with us today. Thank you, Dolly. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Deb. Uh, thank you. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.